back, back to this week into this film. week of film. It's the I'm week Nick podcast where we get together <laughs> about the movies. I was hoping you could do it the whole way. I, I, I was, uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll try it every week now. All right. But uh, this this is the weekly podcast where we get together and talk about the movies we've seen over the past seven days. I'm Nick Panunto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how is it going? Excellent, Nick. How are you? I'm doing just great. I've seen two movies this week, and hopefully it won't take us two hours to get through them. <laughs> I have also seen two movies this week, and I don't see either of them taking two hours to get through. But one does involve a preview corner, so uh, look oh, forward to that okay. big ticket. Oh, great. Um, looking forward to Preview Corner, which makes me think that you saw the movie Us. I did. Oh, boy. What what was the other movie you saw? Uh, it's called Creep 2. Creep 2, okay. Uh, the two movies that I saw were not Get Out, like I like I said I was going to watch. Damn because it, I just I just didn't. Um, but I did watch the movie Moana, the Disney oh, okay. movie Moana. And uh, I watched another animated DC movie called Justice League Dark. No, oh, okay. So uh so I'll we'll talk about both of those. Cool. Um but uh why don't we start with us because uh I don't want you to spoil I don't want you to spoil it. Okay. For for right. when I see it in six years. <laughs> yeah um definitely not a movie that you would want to have spoiled before you see it. So um yeah, try you know try to get around to seeing it before you do end up hearing stuff from other people explaining too much. Um, but all right, so uh, that comes with a preview corner then, and um, brought this to you time, by the big ticket. Thanks, big ticket. Uh, we, 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 me and my mind were out <laughs> seeing <laughs> us and uh, the it, royal we be, exactly before the preview. Uh, the actual previews, there was a commercial for the Twilight Zone, which I guess Jordan Peele is also involved in. Um, and I'm kind of excited about it. So Twilight Zone's coming back. It's going to be on like ABC streaming or something like that. So I'm not sure how I will see it because I don't have cable and I'm not going to buy some streaming service from ABC. But whenever right. I get around to it, it looked pretty good. Um okay. All right, so let's see. Here are the previews. The first one is called The Best of Enemies, and it's been mentioned before. It's a movie where um, there is a uh, man who, a white man who is in the KKK, because I'm pretty sure oh, that's right. a prerequisite for that. Um, it's a, the Sam Rockwell, right? Yeah, and um, he makes friends with an African-American woman who... Uh, well, I mean, she's African-American, so the, the, the conflict's already baked in there. But then they become friends, and it's based on a true story. Um, now, in the preview that I saw, I I don't think that this movie actually is going to be including any footage of the actual people. Um, mm-hmm. But this is one of those previews that also has them talking to the people that it's based on. Um, so, you know, it, it as you've pointed out, it's sort of a cliché story set up um but maybe they're they're trying to counter that a little bit by showing you the real people because it, it it did actually for me i was like oh i'm a little more interested now that i see that these are 
I've actually seen the people. Okay. Um, and then there was a movie that I called Brad Pitt is Ugly, which turned out to be a Quentin Tarantino movie that's going to be coming out called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And in this movie, um, Leonardo DiCaprio plays an actor and Brad Pitt is his stunt double. And I'm not quite sure what the plot of this movie was, but um, it looked interesting. And I, I, in spite of not really liking the hype around either of these guys, um, Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio have both grown on me over the years. Um, so I'm pretty stoked to actually see them in a movie together, um, acting together. I feel like they should have kind of an, a good stage uh, chemistry. Um, and there are a lot I of other saw, famous... Go ahead. No, I, I saw that trailer because I guess it came out yesterday. But um, I saw that trailer and uh, I feel like I remember reading somewhere that the movie, while it's about like Hollywood, it's also about Charles Manson and the Manson family, which they don't touch on at all in that trailer. Oh, yeah, there was nothing of that in the preview. So I, uh, maybe what I heard was was incorrect, but I was like waiting for like the twist the whole time with the movie. So, No, I, I think you're right, because I think I had heard something mentioned on a podcast earlier this week about a movie um, that Brad Pitt was in where they were saying saying something similar to what you were about like okay so what's the Marilyn Manson or not Marilyn Manson the Char- the Charles Manson part um and uh yeah you're right though it wasn't there was nothing about it in the preview um but um but I agree it looks it looks interesting um yeah it it, it did look interesting uh and let's see we got another one for pet cemetery although this is a new the preview. One? No, oh, it's a new okay. preview, and it actually uh, looks really good. Um, this I, I I don't get too excited about the idea of like just coming out with a different preview because that just means somebody edited it differently. Um, but this preview was pretty good. So if if this happens to be more accurate to the movie than um, like what what it's going to look like as a whole, uh, it looks a little more compelling. Although. I, <laughs> In the preview, it's like, from Stephen King, the author of It and The Shining. I'm like, I don't think at this point you really need to explain <laughs> who Stephen King right. is. exactly. Uh, I mean, I guess I can't blame him, but I thought it was kind of funny. Because, <clears throat> uh, yeah, if you even know what those things are, you're, you already know who he is anyway. Um, and then I saw a preview for a movie called Shaft which is, what? I think, a sequel to Shaft um, with Sammy Jackson and some other people, um, including, it's, I think, the original it, Shaft. It's Sammy Jackson now? Samuel. Oh, I thought, I thought you said S- Sammy Jackson. <laughs> well, we're pretty tight, Nick. Um, yeah. I don't know if it came out that way, then uh, I'm just going to pretend I'm that cool. Um, okay. So, yeah, and in this movie, I don't know why it's called Shaft. Like, it, maybe I missed something on the screen, um, but I felt like it should have been called, like, Son of Shaft or something. Even though he's in it the whole time, um, it I feel like the last movie was called Shaft, so if it's a sequel, why not tag something on there? Um, yeah, I had no idea they were making a new Shaft movie. 
Yeah, and it's a lot of him hanging out with his son, and I think the original Shaft is his uh, father. So, I don't know, it actually looks pretty funny. Um, so, there's that. And then right. I saw another preview for Dark Phoenix. And the only thing that I, that other than that it's still going to be bad, that that preview made me think was, when did we give up on special effects looking realistic? Um, because I've, it just kind of occurred to me that, like, at this point, there's just sort of an accepted CGI quality to things. And, like, the, 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 basic standard of CGI now isn't really about making things look convincing anymore. It's just really pretty animation. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I don't. Like, there's a certain... Like, if I were to say things look very CGI, you'd probably know what I mean. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That. And that that's just... It just seems accepted. And when you have really good... Like, they blend CGI with practical effects and things actually look realistic it's i just don't feel like anyone's like people are very much trying for that i feel like there's just this standard very cgi looking cgi that people are cool with now it's like if oh you know tornadoes are just blurry that's the deal and 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 i don't feel like in many movies they're taking the time or putting the money in or whatever to really make it look real because i was just i was seeing the preview and i'm like Oh yeah, it's very CGI. And then I was like, "Oh yeah, just this is just expected." So, <coughs> if if that's not making any sense right now, uh, I'll, I'll give it more thought and try to put it into better words. Okay. All right. Then I saw a preview for Avengers Endgame, and Hawkeye has a mohawk, and Scarlett Johansson uh-huh. has had time to dye her hair red, and um, that's what I got from that preview. So. I loved it. I thought the trailer was awesome. And the funniest thing I read on the the internet was that uh, two things about Hawkeye were um, one that the snap caused him to lose half the hair on his head, right? And and it turned him into Mohawk Eye, right? And um, and then uh, the thing about Scarlett Johansson's hair being red, yeah. Uh, the the whole time in the in Avengers: Affinity War, I. I just wanted to know why her hair was blonde. Right. Like they, they never address it at all. Mm. And, and now I feel like it's so that in the uh, end game, it can show how much time has passed. But she's also blonde in the preview. I know. Which, which makes me think that this takes place over a long period of time. Uh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, but, um, yeah, I just I had this image of her going, "Well, the end of the world is here. Time to dye my hair." <laughs> you know, like right. Like uh, priorities. Um, but as far as I, I also this- I also like that they show her in the trailer um like they're all they're getting ready to go fight Thanos again and like <laughs> and she just she's has just like shooting a 9, a nine millimeter, millimeter handgun. Yeah. And she's, she's doing like, like target practice or something. Yeah. I'm all like, nine you know how bullets. to shoot by now?" Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, well, uh, I'm still looking I'm forward to the movie. For it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I saw a preview for a movie called Little, which is like big, but in reverse. So instead of a white kid, a white boy in turning into a large white man, it is a black woman turning into a young black girl. 
and oh. um, the there were a lot of jokes thrown into the preview. Like it was just a lot of j- jammed into one preview. Um, but half of them made me laugh. So I'm actually uh, thinking that might be might be kind of funny. Okay. Um, and then there was a preview for a movie called Ma. Uh, oh yeah, I saw this trailer. So you got a handful of white teens who, <laughs> um, a African American woman invites them to, like they ask her to get them some liquor for them, you know, because they're underage, uh-huh. and then she invites them to her house or to some house that she owns. She's like, "Hey, I know a place where you guys can really party," and they they go, "Yeah, okay," <laughs> and they um, I don't really understand the uh, decision making there but they're like sure why not and uh i i was watching this preview for the first 10 seconds you know it was one of those things where i'm like huh what what kind of movie is this like where this is this is a story i haven't seen before where an adult african-american woman befriends these white teens and what kind of what kind of relationships are going to show up here? And then the violins come in. You're like, oh, it's a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I I I'm looking forward to seeing this actually because the I like the actress. I'm blanking on her name right now. Is it uh, Octavia Spencer? Is that a, yes, is that yes, name? yes? And I like her. Um, even though I didn't like um, The Shape of Water, and she was in that. But that wasn't her fault. That's just bad writing. Um, and she, these sort of, these sorts of like, um, oh, what was that? Single white female, you know, these these movies where people get kind of in with the wrong person, and then the person turns out to be really like creepy and dangerous. Um, yeah. P- p- preview for another movie I'm going to talk about. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, uh, I, I dig these things. I like the tension, and I, from what I saw of her in the preview, I'm looking forward to Octavia Spencer doing that part. Like, I think she, I think she's gonna be really good at it. Um, so I'm looking forward to that too. I also really enjoyed seeing some previews for movies I have not already seen previews for. <laughs> uh, and I saw that that um that movie uh oh, what is it I don't know Wonder Park came out in the theaters and I was so excited because that means I don't have to see previews for it anymore. I don't even remember what that was. Is that about a dog? No, it's about a little girl who has a theme park in her imagination and it comes to life or something. Oh, all right. Forgotten. You even talked about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, speaking, speaking of which, Oh, you're not done yet. No, there's one last thing. Um, because okay. once the previews are done, they're like, hey, let's still throw on something that's like a preview. And it was a terrible commercial for both Hel- the new Hellboy movie and, I don't know, some sort of like rewards program. But it was the guy that plays Hellboy looking very disinterested in being there. Like, I've never seen anyone look so much like they don't care. And like they're trying to show it, <laughs> like, he just like he's like, look, I don't want to be talking to you. Just go see my movie. It's gonna be the same as the movie that already is Hellboy. And uh, yeah, just go to the theater. It's good for us. Can um, I go? Can I go? Oh, you're still filming. You're okay. still. Oh, <laughs> you know that. That's what this felt like. So, so that's uh-huh. that. There were some commercials, but uh, but you, you were getting ready to say something. 
Uh, I was going to say, speaking of forgetting things, so I've been going through like all our old episodes and updating the website, and there was a period of about like a four-week period where we were really into shark movies. Oh, um, yeah. About six to eight months ago. (laughs) Um, And we talked about uh, your favorite, House Shark, um, the, The Meg, 47 Meters Down, The Reef, and The Shallows. Yeah. And... I could not remember which of those movies I've seen. Like, I, like I'm like looking at the web pages and I'm like, oh my god! So I have to like listen to the show to like to find out what movies that I saw. And then like it got to 47 meters down, and I'm like, oh, I definitely haven't seen this. And it, and I'm talking about it. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I don't remember this movie at all. And then I'm then I start talking about Matthew Modine, and I'm like, oh right, that's that movie where they're trapped under the water, and he's got like a a hook that he's trying to get to them. And I'm just like, but wow, I, I have completely forgotten. I still don't forgotten. think you have seen that. I, apparently I did. Cause I talked about it. No, no. I think I was talking about it and you just knew stuff about it. No, I was, I was talking about it. You, you had, seen you it actually also. saw it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Let's see, these are very memorable moments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're all the same movie. Um, uh, but it reminded me that I still haven't seen the Meg and I still haven't seen open water. So uh, there's a couple of, a couple of other movies that I need to, to get on. Yeah. Open water is uh, a good one. It's the characters are a little annoying, but, um, but that kind of fades as the drama kicks in. It's, it's worth watching. It's better than the Meg. That's for sure. All right. All right. Now the um, commercials. All right. S- yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Caramel M and M's sound gross. Next, okay. I don't know what the <laughs> I don't know what this is a commercial for, but it is just another observation that like kind of like the CGI thing where I'm like, hey, when I step back, I can't help but notice. And what I couldn't help but notice is that Fifty Cent's birthday song is used in tons of commercials. That's it. Oh, People just love okay. using that song in commercials. I was like, man, that's in everything. All right, <clears throat> so. Us? Yep. yep. Okay. Us. <laughs> <laughs> this is a movie by Jordan Peele. Um, and this is I this is just his second movie, right? He did uh Get Out like two years ago. <clears throat> and um this movie is about a family who goes on vacation and starts getting chased or attacked by doppelgangers of themselves. All right, and okay. it, that's pretty much you. You know that from seeing the preview, <clears throat> and um, there's there's not much more I can say about the plot really because to to go into it more would probably ruin the experience a bit. It wouldn't necessarily spoil every twist and turn, but part of the movie, a big part of the movie, is trying to figure out what's going on. So I, uh-huh. I don't want to go into that too much more. It stars a woman named Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke, um, both of whom you might know from um, Black Panther. Um, mm-hmm. In Black Panther, Winston Duke was the the guy from the the like nearby tribe that like challenges him. He fight, like fights him at the beginning, and then like spoiler alert for Black Panther comes back at the end with his people to help out. Right. Okay. And if uh, if I'm remembering correctly, Lupita Nyong'o is um, one of the women who are 
kind of working together with Black Panther when he goes undercover into the city. Um, not the woman okay. from The Walking Dead, and not his sister, but the but the other woman. Um, so anyway, so like I said, you know, there's there's more to this than just people being chased around. But um, I don't want to get into it a lot more. I can tell you about it though. And I, one thing I would start out with is that the acting's really good. There's one exception. There's one young girl in the movie who's not very good, in my opinion. Um, but otherwise, the acting's really good. There's really great atmosphere. And and this is one thing I really am thinking is going to be like Jordan Peele's biggest strength is that he's very congruent. Like, I think he's very good at developing a uh, congruent vision and having the imagery and the music and the plot work together really well and, and be consistent. Um, and also like in get out the, the characters are pretty enjoyable. They, they're, there are things here and there that are a little annoying. There are times where the dad can get a little bit annoying, um, but they're yeah. still enjoyable characters. You really like can, can kind of get into their shoes a bit. Um, and also like Jordan Peele's other movie, like the, I feel like he brings a kind of a, a, a very unique flavor to things where it's, it's a kind of a balancing act where it's a little bit funny it's it's pretty you know scary, but it's got this kind of commercial, but also kind of indie feel. And he's really good at tension, and there's a lot of tension in this movie. Um, so if you like that, if you like kind of being nervous the whole time, <laughs> um, check this out. Definitely, there are some flaws in it, uh, and and the biggest is probably just like kind of dumb decisions. You know, there there are a lot of times where the particularly the wife will go kind of out on her own and it's it's really it doesn't make any sense it's like why would you why would you go out on your own why would you walk away from your family and why would the family let her go on her own there's like not nearly enough protesting when she's just walking off um and and it doesn't really make a lot of sense given that the family's very together too like it's a pretty tight family so it's it's just weird and there's also at least one conceit that bugged me you know how in in modern movies we gotta always get rid of people's cell phones yeah like one way or another you gotta get rid of cell phones there's something kind of like that in this movie where there are boats available and the dad's like i'm done with boats and i'm like well what <laughs> no, but boats are a good option here. And uh and I think they're just like, no, we can't have them get on a boat cuz that would work. <laughs> so, that way I had right. a bit of an issue with that. But um otherwise, it's really good. Not everything hangs together perfectly once it's like it's all wrapped up and done. You can kind of look back and go, "Oh, okay, there's some there's some holes here and some things that don't really make sense, but it's done so well." that it's still really enjoyable. It's kind of like a quiet place where afterwards I'm like, yeah, there are a bunch of things here that don't actually work, but good, good on you for giving me this, this movie experience. Um, yeah. Okay. And I'll say it was, it was effective enough that like, I'm going to be presenting at a conference next weekend. So I've been trying, um, I, th- I think, you know, I have a bad habit of biting my fingernails and, uh-huh. um, I've quit a couple times and I was, I was going to do that again. 
so that I didn't have like gnawed down fingernails uh, for this presentation I'm going to be doing. Um, and I totally like chewed off half my fingernails while I was watching this movie. <laughs> so uh, it's very effective and I strongly, strongly recommend it. Um, oh, not the best okay. movie I've ever seen, but, uh, and I think if, if you were to compare the two of them, Get Out, I really enjoyed and felt like it gets a little flaky in the third act. This movie, um, I I don't know if I enjoyed it quite as much, but when it comes to how everything resolves and then like how it's sitting with me afterwards, I'm like, there's, there's some cool stuff that, uh, it's, it's pretty interesting once it's over to think back about more. And there's definitely okay. some symbolism that's a little bit, um, a little bit more subtle than it is in get out. So, um, I won't get into that obviously because that would definitely ruin things, but I'd be interested in talking about it once you get to see it because it's, it'll, it's, it's kind of a bit to think about when you go like, let me tease out what some of the symbolism is here. So see it. Okay. Great. Yeah. I can't wait to see it, especially after I watch get out. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, well, then that brings me to the first movie that I saw this week, which yeah. was Moana. Uh, it's a Disney film directed by Ron Clement and John Musker. And it says two additional credits, but I'm not going to click on that button. Uh, it's from 2016, and it stars... Oh, God. This is, a, I believe it's a Polynesian name. Alu, Aluli Cravalho. I'm, I'm sorry. And uh, Dwayne the Rock, <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson, um, and uh, Jermaine Clement from Flight of the Concords is in it. He has a great scene. Um, he plays a giant crab monster, and um, this movie was was great. I'd seen it before when uh, it was on in the background, and my kids were watching it, but like I'd never sat down to watch it myself. And I was watching it with my kids and this is a charming movie. It is not only is it, is the story pretty good and, uh, and, and visually the, the the, visually, the visuals are, are stunning. It is just straight up gorgeous. Like most of the movie takes place on the open sea and the, the characters and the surroundings and the, the set pieces that they have are just so gorgeous it's such a beautiful movie to watch it's so colorful it's it's really neat the only thing that is a little distracting is like the characters faces they have that disney kind of face to them Uh and that's the only thing that really takes takes you out of it like it's not it's not hyper realistic which is not what they're going for in this movie but it's like everything else feels hyper realistic except for the characters faces yeah that's uh, how that's how that dragons movie was oh yeah okay i I see what you're saying i remember you saying something about that now i get what you're talking about yeah there's just like a, a lot of contrast of like wow look at all this detail and then there's this big kind of very simplistic thing just in the middle. Yeah. And I think the reason that they, they, they do that, like, I, f- I feel like it's deliberate because of, uh, you know what the uncanny Valley oh, yeah. is. Yeah. That, that, yeah. They don't want to go there. Yeah. I feel like if they tried to make it realistic, it'd be more distracting than if it was cartoonish. So, yeah. you know, I guess that's the, the give and take there. Well, for listeners, but, the, the uncanny Valley is when things, um, look almost real 
but they're off a bit. There's a sort of dissonance that makes it really like gross and disturbing and uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, uh, you'll see it a lot in, um, like a hyper realistic picture of something. But then when you look at the eyes, there's something just off about the eyes that, that almost ruins the whole picture uh, yeah. mentally for you. Like your, your brain can tell that it's wrong. Uh, yeah. The and, eyes and like, I feel like around teeth, you notice it too. Uh, yeah. I think a good example of this is if you've seen the Polar Express. Yeah. That's a great example. It's, it's, it looks great until you look at their faces and you're like, uh, <laughs> and then you're, and then you have you're, nightmares. You're kind of creeped out. Yeah. Um, and it's just one of those things that I imagine as time goes on, they'll get better and better at, but they're still, I guess, avoiding it to, uh, for the sake of avoiding it. But the plot of Moana is it's a story of a young girl named Moana and she is chosen by the ocean um she she's like on a, a a polynesian island and her family uh, her family she's like the future queen or king of the the island and she gets chosen by the ocean to return the heart of tafiti which is this stone that needs to be returned to this island um it's it's kind of convoluted but basically the the MacGuffin of the story is she's got to return this stone to this island. And in order to do it, she needs to find um, this demigod named Maui, who is voiced by uh, the rock. And the rock has like this magic hook that lets him shape shift into all kinds of different animals. And the, 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 again, the plot of the movie is they have to get the, the stone back to the island and uh, the the story goes along with uh, so Moana has to go find Maui, who has been like shipwrecked on an, on a desert island somewhere because he lost his hook to Jermaine Clement's shiny crab, and uh, and so she has to find Maui and then convince him to help her in returning the stone. And the story is just so charming. It's got great music. And this movie, The Rock, is spectacular. He's so good in this movie. He's so, he plays like this, he's like a cocky demigod who like, you know, he, he can do whatever he wants kind of a thing. And he is so cocky and so sure of himself and so f like charming. It, it really, like I know The Rock is in every movie these days. But it really just That's makes true. me want. It really makes me want more of The Rock, like, like unlike what was that movie we watched where he, he just didn't care? Skyscraper. Is that skyscraper? Yeah. Like that. That was terrible. Rock. I mean, if we could get more Rock, like he was in Rampage and in and in this movie. I mean, the voice acting he does in this movie is just terrific. He's so like I said it already, but he's just so charming and so fun to listen to like you wish there was more of him in, a, in an animated feature um setting sorry i know this wasn't your point but um was he was he really into it in rampage i can't remember uh he was more into it in rampage than he was in skyscraper it looked like he was having fun in rampage did you um guys go ahead no go ahead i was gonna say did you see um uh the um oh man the sequel to jumanji 
No, not yet. Okay. Yeah, he's 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 in it there. He's he he's not phoning that phoning that in at all. Okay. Yeah. Well, then I need to watch that because he's just he's just a treat. Like it's 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 so it's so good. Um, and then there's like this great sequence where with Jermaine Comet as this this crab monster, and he is hysterical. And you know the the movie's just really good. It's it's a top notch Disney animated movie. And I would I would highly recommend checking it out, especially if you have uh, younger kids. They they really enjoyed it too. My kids my kids liked it, and they and they sat through the whole thing. Um, logistical question here: Why why does she need Mally? Because he can fight the island. So when Maui steals the heart of Tafiti, which is this orange or green stone, uh, this lava monster comes out of the earth, and it takes over this island so she needs maui to help fight the lava monster and return the stone oh okay all right yeah cool yeah it's a it's a pretty decent story it's 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 nothing groundbreaking or anything like that but it's fun the music is great in the movie like it'll get stuck in your head and it and it's very upbeat and and pretty entertaining and and just gorgeous to look at it's a beautiful movie so I, I highly recommend checking it out if you have some time to watch a kid's film. All right. Cool. Yeah. So you watched a I another watched movie. A movie called Creep Two. All right. And I'm probably gonna say this like three or four times, but you should definitely see Creep One. <laughs> or it's just called Creep. I was just I was just gonna say, have you seen Creep One? Yes. I, I saw Creep a few years back. <clears throat> and um at the time, I felt like I was the only person who watched it, but I've heard people reference it more recently. Um, and uh, they're they're both now, sort of let me, can found I uh, footage can I movies. yeah can I interrupt you for a yeah. second yeah um, so I'm looking on the Letterbox website right now because I'm going to add it to our watch list. There's about six movies called Creep <laughs> <laughs> from like ten different from like six different years. Do you know what year Creep One was from? Uh maybe like twenty thirteen or something. All right, so there's a twenty fourteen creep and a twenty fifteen creep. Oh jeez. Um uh, I'll <laughs> and bring... a twenty seventeen creep. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm guessing it's the twenty fourteen creep because Creep Two is directed by the same guy. What's the guy's name? Patrick Bryce. Oh, I don't know who that is. Uh, hang on, I'm bringing it up. Uh, yeah, the 2014 and and 2017 one both have on IMDb both have the same picture almost. So, <laughs> uh, and and yeah, the star is is Mark Duplass. Oh, really? Yeah. So the first selling point for this movie is it's 80 minutes long, <laughs> so it's short. Enjoy. That's, that's um, great. Yeah, and the first the first creep um was awkward and disturbing. And like I mean super awkward. It's like it's 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 the same it's the same feeling. It's not awkward and disturbing. It's a it's an awkward disturbing or disturbing awkward. Um it's very cringy. And um that one was a found fo- they're both found footage films in a way. Um, but this one, 
Um, actually, you know what? Come to think of it, the first one had a similar, similar sort of premise that because the the person who has the the camera is hired by this other guy to record some stuff for him. I won't go into the details of that because I don't want to spoil creep the first creep either. Um, okay. And you're you're kind of finding out throughout the the course of the movie why he's there, what he wants, and that sort of thing. Um, in this case, it's a female character um, who is being reached out to, um, and she is a camera woman with an online show about unusual people, um, and kind of like, hey, we're going to do character sketches of these real people, and you know, let our freak flags fr- fly, you know, and, and, and I'll celebrate being different. Um, but her show's not doing too well and she's getting pretty frustrated. And so she, when she, she's thinking about canceling the show, it sounds like, um, but then runs across the profile or, or kind of like a Craigslist, you know, um, uh, posting from this guy and goes, all right, let me let me check this guy out and figure out what's going on here. Okay. Um and there's before that all kicks in there's a scene where you see this guy interact with another person and there are some contrivances like there's reason for this guy to call the police but he doesn't. And so if you see that and you're like, "Man, this movie's going to suck cuz this feels very contrived." You got a salt shaker there? My family is doing some construction upstairs, apparently. I, I don't know <laughs> what is going on. It literally but. sounded like you were shaking a maraca next to the microphone. Um. Oh, I guess you didn't hear two seconds ago when it sounded like all five of them were stomping their feet. No, I missed that part. <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyway, at the at the beginning, that this one part seems a little contrived, and it might make it seem like the rest of the movie is going to suck. But just keep going because it it doesn't. Um, okay. And there there are some weird cuts that don't make sense. Like there are times where the camera will be in a position that it like it'll cut to being in a similar position, and you're like, wait, why would someone have turned off the camera for a moment there? Um, or edited anything out. And so there are a couple things that don't exactly work real well um, when it comes to details. Uh, but when it comes to this being another movie where it's very awkward and cringy, it, it totally succeeds. <laughs> it's very good at that. And really, yeah. Um, this guy, Mark Duplass, he's, he's just, this uh, I I have no idea what he is in other than this, um, but he is like just an expert at making me uncomfortable. Um, okay, yeah, and uh, there are effective jump scares in this movie, and I don't mean effective in that they like necessarily make you jump, but in the sense that they actually have a reason to happen in the movie. You know, because a lot of jump scares, it's just like a noise and something flying across the screen, and it's got nothing to do with the plot. It's just like, hey, audience, you're getting bored because this isn't a good movie. Blah! And <laughs> this is this is actually like within the movie, it makes sense for these things to happen. Now, again, I'm going to have to be kind of careful with my wording here not to spoil stuff. Um, one of the things that's really interesting 
for me anyway about this movie is and it's I, I think it's very per it's very much done on purpose. I think it's one of the reasons that the first scene that involves this other guy is included. Because otherwise you'd be like, why is this even in the movie? Um but one of the things that's really interesting about this movie is you know stuff about this character that she doesn't know. You know, that 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 the girl who's the main character, um, if you can call her that, I guess the protagonist, doesn't know. And, you know, in some movies, they really want to put you in the shoes of the character where you're wondering what's going on. And in this movie, it's very much the opposite where you're going like, oh, gosh, I do know what's going on. And I could see why she's, you know, responding the way she is. I could you can still put yourself in her shoes so you can kind of feel for her. But it's extra tense and weird because, you know, the you, you know, you know, the score, you know, what's going on. And, um, okay. at the same time, what, one of the other things that makes it really interesting without, so, you know, that stuff, but it doesn't get boring. It's not like, oh, I already know what's going on. So this is all very predictable. And it, it's not predictable because she's actually very interesting. Like she responds to things in ways that you would not anticipate. Um, she's got this sort of strangeness to her personality and to what she's been doing in this show that she's had so that when he does, you know, he'll make some sort of move or say some kind of thing. And you're like, Oh God, she's going to, you know, respond in, in one way that most people would. And and then she's like, all right. And just totally flips things around. And, and it's funny because you get to see him respond kind of the way you're responding to, where you're like, wait, what? <laughs> I, 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 huh? I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, it's cool. And I, I had a couple years between the first one and the second one. So I don't know it, how it would feel to watch one and then watch the other right afterward. But I kind of wish I could have done that. Um, Let's see. Uh, I think that might be that might be all I can really say. Uh, it, it has a few too many endings. Like the movie, there's a point where it could just end, and it's like, no, here's a little bit more. Um, and other than that, it's really good use, and I'd say this of the first one too, really good use of a low budget. Um, and when it comes to it being a found footage film, it it works well enough because the person is a camera person. It doesn't feel as like stupid as uh, let's say like Clover, like the first Cloverfield where people are just handing off the camera and you're like, why would you be carrying a camera? Why would you care? Um, so, so yeah, check this one out. Um, definitely watch them in order. I'm I, one thing I couldn't tell is how invested I would be in the second one without having seen the first one. So yeah. definitely check them both out. And does the, f- yeah. Does the first one also have Mark Duplass in it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's a, he's a strange character. Um, like he's, he was on that show, the league on, on FX about uh-huh. fantasy football stuff, which is a great show. Um, I love it. Um, but like he makes a ton of indie films. Like he's like a writer slash director of, of, uh, like these, films like I, I think it's him and his brother make make films and and some of them are hit and miss like I, I can't say that I've seen many of them and I can't even think of any that I've seen but he he's like an indie 
indie guy. Like he makes these small films that do pretty well. Cool. So well, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. I mean, I only know him from these movies, but I can't imagine anybody else doing it as well as he does. Okay. Cool. Uh, all right. And then that brings me to the second movie that I saw this week called Justice League Dark. Now, this is another one of uh, the DC animated films, and this one did not suck. And I think I finally figured out the, again, I figured out the uh, the secret to a decent DC animated film. And it's to not have it be directed by that Sam Liu guy who has directed all the ones that I don't care. And instead have Jay Olivia, who directed Justice League Dark. Um, he is the one who directed all the DC films that I do like. Like he directed, <laughs> he directed the, the Flashpoint Paradox movie, which was pretty great. And let me click on his name and see if I can uh, call up a few more. He directed the the two Dark Knight Returns movies, which were pretty good. He did uh, Batman Bad Blood and Batman versus Robin. Uh, he also did Assault on Arkham, which was okay. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so this guy makes decent <laughs> DC movies, whereas the other guy does not. And uh, so basic plot of this movie is so the justice league are investigating a series of like crimes across the world where these people are freaking out. So uh, let, let me start at the beginning. This woman who is terrible, like just terrible businesswoman, is driving a car and she's complaining about something and she gets rear ended from behind and when she gets out of her car, it's the best place she goes to get to, rear-ended from. Yeah. <laughs> she gets out of her car and goes to approach this the guy that hit her. And uh-huh. the guy who gets out of the car looks like this giant demon monster. And she starts understandably freaking out and just starts gets back in her car and drives away with the guy hanging onto the car. And uh, she like runs over. Oh, and while she's driving, everyone that she sees looks like these demons. So she's just freaking out and like hitting everybody. And then uh, Wonder Woman stops her. And when she gets out of the car, she's like, oh, thank you, Wonder Woman. You saved me from those monsters. And Wonder Woman says, what? And she's like, all those monsters, look at them. And the lady turns around and she just sees like this trail of devastation of bodies and debris that is behind her and wonder woman just looks at her and she goes i only see one monster <laughs> talking to the, the the lady who clearly is disturbed by something yeah. and is like she's like so happy to see wonder woman and then wonder woman calls her a monster <laughs> um and then and then it cuts to like the sub it cuts to this farmhouse and the subtitle says Metropolis, which is not what you think of when you think of Metropolis is like a, a house on a farm because Metropolis is a big city. Anyway, there's the, there's a guy holding a shotgun up to a monster, like some sort of like David Cronenberg sl- sludge monster. Uh-huh. And the monster and the monster keeps saying, but we're your family, Stephen. We're your family. You can't do this. And he's like, I'll, I'll show you. 
I'll show you. And he and as he pulls the trigger, Superman smashes oh, through the come on. <laughs> he smashes through the ceiling and like stops the guy from from killing his. It turns out that it's his family, right? And uh, and so <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was already just assumed. Well, I just you know I didn't want to I didn't want to spoil it for you. <laughs> and so and Superman again, Superman is like, "What are you doing?" And the guy's like, they they look just like the neighbors. And then the guy takes Superman and the police to his shed. And in the shed, he's just got tons of bodies, just dead bodies all over his shed. Jeez. And and Superman is like, what have you done? And then and then it goes to the Hall of Justice because this is like the Justice League world where they are they don't have the watchtower in space. They just have the, the hall of justice somewhere in I'm guessing metropolis. Uh Oh, I I forgot. I forgot the other, the other uh, inciting moment or whatever. What's that term called? Uh, I don't know. The inciting, inciting (laughs) action or whatever. The hook. Uh, uh, I guess. Well, like we go to Gotham city for Batman's introduction to the demon people and this woman is on the top of a building and she's holding a a newborn baby and the baby is a monster in her arms and she's gonna throw it off the roof and batman shows up behind her and he's like you're tired please give me the baby you're You're tired (laughs) yeah he's like you're very tired just give me the baby and the lady goes uh nope and she throws the baby off the roof and and batman jumps off the roof and like saves the baby and then and then he like swings to the he swings to the roof of a nearby building and and he's like looking at the baby and it's just a regular baby it's not a monster (laughs) and then he throws it because he's like oh gross (laughs) yeah well then he then you hear this thud sound and he turns around and that the mother has thrown herself off the roof of the building oh god yeah and batman batman looks at the scene and we get a close up of the lady with like blood pooling up behind her. And then he cuts back to Batman holding the baby and he says to the baby, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> uh, and then and then we go to the Hall of Justice. Guess you're where, on your way to being a superhero now. Yeah. Where uh we go to the Hall of Justice where the justice league is convened to discuss what's going on. And they're saying that these incidents are happening all over the world and they're happening with increasing frequent frequency. And bat Superman says, Superman and wonder woman say, we think it has something to do with dark magic. And Batman goes magic. Ha. And Superman goes, what are you talking about? Batman? I know you're talking to an alien and a God. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And Superman's like, what are you talking about? Half of the things we deal with involve magic. Even Shazam's powers are based in magic. And Superman goes, most things are based in, or Batman says, most things are based in science. And he gets up and leaves. And Aquaman or Green Lantern says, I wonder what, he's in a worse mood than ever. And then, and then the, and then that's the end that we see of the Justice League for the rest of the movie because Batman goes and finds his old girlfriend Zatanna, who's um, magic. Yep, she's a magician, and she's she's like a like a real magician. Yeah, like she does real magic, and and Batman knows this, and still he's like, magic's not real, and and so basically he he goes to find Zatanna because. He, in a, in a scene before that, he's in the bathroom shaving, 
and a, a ghost sneaks up behind him and scares him. <laughs> <laughs> and that is sounding dumb. I know. It was good. It was good. <laughs> and uh, and so he like turns around after he cuts himself shaving and he goes into his bedroom and written all over the walls in either red paint or blood, it just says Constantine over and over again. Okay. And so then Batman goes and finds Zatanna and Zatanna says, or he says, you need to bring me to John Constantine. And oh. Zatanna, Zatanna and Constantine used to be an item and you know, they have like a back and forth and eventually they go. And, but meanwhile, the ghost that sneaks up from on Batman from behind is uh Batman can't see him, but Zatanna can. And so he's the, the guy's like, I'm just so excited to, to have met Batman. This is like the best thing. And that happens like four or five times over the movie where people are genuinely excited to meet Batman. Uh-huh. And that's, and that's pretty great. So uh, cutting to the chase, Batman um, meets John Constantine, who is nothing, nothing like the Keanu Reeves Constantine, um, which is probably why people who like the comics hated the Constantine movie. <laughs> because because I'm watching this, and while the character is pretty cool, um, it's it's not my Constantine because Keanu is my Constantine, right? And uh, and so I'm just kind of like, I wish he was more like the Constantine from the movie. But a little fun fact is there was a Constantine TV show uh, a few years back that was on for, I think, one season. And it was pretty well received, but I don't think it it did very well, which is why it got canceled. And anyway, the actor who played Constantine was Matt Ryan, not the quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons, but an actor. And he is the voice of the character in the show. Or um, he's he's the character from the show and also the voice of the character in this movie, so I was I thought that was a that's a neat little uh, casting decision. Um, you know, I knew Constantine was a DC comic, but I didn't know that it actually like took place at all in the kind of DC universe. Yeah, I didn't either. So that, that's pretty either. cool. Um, and so Batman joins up with Constantine. Um, do you know who Edrigan is? Oh man, I I know that I ran across him. Right, he was in he was on the Justice League TV show for a few episodes. Like him and Batman had like a a rapport. Okay. Uh, he's like a guy. He's like a guy who's from King Arthur times. Okay, and he yeah. he turns into a like a monster demon who who fights for good or whatever. Anyway, so he teams up with him. Swamp Thing shows up and they they fight with swamp thing um until i guess swamp thing is spoiler alert swamp thing is killed but it doesn't make any sense and they don't address it at all um the the guy who the ghost who is real excited to meet batman is his name is boston and uh and uh i i don't know anything about that guy i've never seen him before but he has a very dick grayson like origin that they go over real quickly and um and so the, and so that's the cast. It's basically it's basically these these magical DC characters, and they throw Batman in so that people like me would watch the movie, <laughs> and and it worked. Uh, Batman's got no business being in this movie because everybody that that fights is magical in some way, uh-huh. and all Batman has is ex- exploding batarangs. Right. Um. 
there there is one very funny sequence where they're in a hospital and uh, someone casts a magic spell and this giant poop monster comes out of a toilet oh. and and they they have to fight them and batman blows it up with like exploding batarangs and uh, everyone leaves and batman sticks around for like one second and looks into the room uh where the dead poop monster is and he just yeah. goes he just makes like a grunt noise where he goes Ugh. and then he like goes on his way because he's you know like magic and uh it's pretty funny it's pretty well done not not at all like in batman and harley quinn where they do the fart jokes over and over again right um but uh but yeah it's it was a pretty good movie i i I really enjoyed it um it's it's not the best of the dc stuff but i i wish there were more movies like this one than the ones that sam lu directs uh, this one, like the voice acting is on point. It doesn't sound like people are talking and then waiting for the next person to say their lines. It, it felt like a, a real film. So if you're looking for a cool Batman movie to watch, check out Justice League Dark. It was it was it was fun. Well, and with there being so many comic movies, like live action comic comic movies over the pe- course of the past 10 years, like the animated stuff seems like a pretty good place to kind of go all out and do weird stuff. Yeah. And this, this movie's from a, from a couple years ago. So I think it's 2017, I want to yeah. say. And, um, and, and I think it's the last one that this guy did as far as his DC movie. So that's disappointing because his movies are pretty good. Like if you haven't seen the flashpoint paradox, uh, check that out. That movie is dark and, and, and good. I think I did. Uh, I think I did see that one. Um, and then uh, I did notice that there's a new, another, I don't know if it's a DC movie, but there's a Constantine animated film that just recently came out. And the, the guy, that Matt Ryan guy is the voice of Constantine in that. So I'm going to check that out sometime soon because uh, I, I like this this movie so much. So uh, I don't know what the new Constantine movie, I think it's just called Constantine the movie. It's out there. <laughs> uh all right so matt that brings us to the part of the show where we rank the movies we've seen this week on our list and once they're on the list they're either better or worse than something already on the list so matt where are you gonna put us uh, i am gonna put us in between spider-man into the spider-verse and happy death day Wow, way up there into the new number five spot. Yeah, it was it was a tough call. Um, I I as far as like whether to put it above or below Happy Death Day, um, but I felt like it couldn't quite fit in between Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to you because uh-huh. I'm a little mixed on which one I actually like more. I think it was still the first one, but um. But I think it was, I think it was good enough to go above it. So okay. there it is. And creep two. Well, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. How many stars would you give it? Um, out of out, out of, of five. five. Huh. It's right between a B plus and an A minus. So I'm guess I'm gonna say. Uh, see, it's right. It feels like it's right between four and four and a half. Um, uh huh. Tell you what, I'll go with four and a half. Wow, four and a half. Okay. And I'm guessing you would 
like recommend or click yes on the like button. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. And then creep two will fit between as above, so below, and the changeling. Oh, okay. Creep two. High up on the list as well in the new number 11 spot. And how many stars would you give creep two? I'm going to give creep two three and a half. Three and a half stars for a sequel. Wow. All right. And I'm guessing you would also say you liked it. Yes. Okay. Great. And then that brings us to my list. And what did I see? I saw Moana. And uh, I'm going to say Moana. I'm going to put Moana between Wreck-It Ralph and Dancer in the Dark in the new number 11 spot. And I'm going to give it three and a half stars. And I definitely liked it. And then the other movie I saw was justice league dark and i'm gonna say that that was hmm i'm gonna say that that was that's gonna go in between ralph breaks the internet and in the mouth of madness in the new 25 spot and i'm gonna give this movie three stars and i did like it all right uh if you're interested in seeing our lists or interacting with them in some way, uh, you can go to thisweekinfilm.com and find the link to our letterbox page where we're uh, updating the list every week as the show goes on. Uh, you can also find anywhere you, anything you need to know about the show you can find from the website, which again is thisweekinfilm.com. If you want to send us an email, you can email us at thisweekinfilmpodcast at gmail.com. So feel free to use that. Um, Matt, anything to plug? Actually, yeah, this week I will uh, recommend a podcast called One Good Thing, which is uh, two guys named Paul. They're both British, and they review movies, and mostly mostly movies that have pretty bad like reputations. And, okay. Uh, they try to find one good thing about the movie. But really, in the midst of that, they spend 45 minutes making fun of how crappy it is. <laughs> so, okay. But they're, That they're, sounds great. I like them. Yeah, it's a good show. Okay, cool. I'm almost done. I've almost listened to all of the We Hate Movies uh, podcasts. So when that ends, I'm going to need something new. So you should maybe check, out uh, check that out. Uh, yeah. So, right. so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug over my plug. <laughs> Uh, All right. And, uh, well, I guess if that's the end of the reel, we'll see you next week in film. Thanks for listening.